Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If you're expending lots of energy and lots of effort with no fruits, in some way you might want to step back and say, is what I'm doing what God wants? Is God with me? Am I with God? That sounds like a miserable way to do life, amen? to be expending energy and effort and time because everything that Saul wants to do, God doesn't want done. What Saul wants to do more than anything else is kill David. Now, here's what's wrong with that. God has told Saul, David's my next king. Can you beat God? Have you ever spent so much time and effort on something that just wasn't working? Maybe you were starting a business or pursuing a relationship. No matter what you did, it just didn't work. In today's message, Pastor Bill teaches that this was true of Saul. No matter how much he pursued David, he could never capture and kill him. This was because he was fighting against God. Saul knew that God was going to make David the next king, but Saul kept fighting it and eventually lost. Are you aligned with God's plans? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23. As he continues his message, if God be for us. So often people have asked the Lord, heard from the Lord, and they stutter on that third step. And if you ask the Lord and hear from the Lord and you don't ever step out to do what God said do, makes you just a disobedient believer. And you might stop hearing from the Lord. That's how some people get their spiritual ears clogged up, where they don't hear very clearly because the last thing you asked and heard, you haven't done. Why would God, why is God going to keep speaking to you? Um, when, when you're proven disobedient, as you go through scripture, you study this on your own. Those that you see were hearing very clearly were those that were listening very obediently. I love like in Acts where Philip, you know, it says that the, the, the spirit, you know, spoke to him and he ran to overtake the chariot. And then the, 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 the then the Lord, then the, 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 the angel of the Lord spoke to him and he did everything he was told to do. And so he gets to lead someone to the Lord and experience the miraculous. But I mean, he was obedient to what the Lord was saying at, at every step. And so. Um, David hears, I mean, he acts, he hears, and then we're going to see that he actually goes, which is important. Verse five, David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. So I want you to note here that three steps, asked, heard, and he went. Now, when he went, everything God said he was going to do, he did. Amen. God kept his word. Now, here's what's important here. Not only has David experienced the Lord. He just brought 400 people with him. I bought 400 ragtag, roughneck, ruffian fellas, and y'all have seen God work on our behalf. And so now, what's that done to these guys, right? I think they're encouraged. I, th I think they're going to be growing in their faith. We're going to see, as we continue in this chapter, it's this chapter where the 400 turns into 600. And I wonder how many of those 600 joined after. After the victory, after God had a victory here, verse verse six. Now it says, now it happened when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, that he went down with an ephod in his hand. A couple of things I want to note here. First of all, I want you to note God is not letting Saul get through to David. Saul cannot get through with all his men. They cannot get through. I want you to note that we're going to see a few people that do get through and how it's all divine. First one that gets through to David is, um, you know, Saul killed all the priests, right? Ahimelech's, you know, offspring. Well, one of Ahimelech's children or sons, who was a priest, Abiathar, he escaped. 
Well, God let him get through to David. So Abiathar gets through and he has something really important with him. He has an ephod with him. Anybody here know what's significant or important about the ephod that the priest had? Anybody? Ephod. What, what do you do with an ephod? In the ephod, there was something called the Urim and the Thummim. It was what the priest would use to, to seek the Lord on your behalf and to get a very specific answer. Um, and so, you know, people would go to inquire of the Lord. They would go to the priest. This is Old Testament. New Testament, I'll explain a little bit later who our Urim and Thummim is and how we don't go. Y'all ain't got to come to me and we don't go to no priest. We got we got a better direction. But they would go directly to the priest and say, hey, shall I do this or not? And I mean, see, I, I kind of like it. I feel like, man, God, that seems so much easier. Just yes or no. And they would get a direct answer. Yay, nay. And uh, yeah, you know, it'd be that simple. Well, God lets this guy get through with the arm and the thumb so that David could be David had someone there who was in the right relationship with the Lord. Um, and he could see he could, you know, that David could also, speak, you know, seek the Lord through that relationship. So I want you to pay attention to who can get through to David and who can't. Um, again, and I see the reason why this guy got through is because David had something for him. David was going to bring protection for him, but he also had something to bring to the table as he would be able to inquire of the Lord on David's behalf. Look at verse seven and eight. And Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hands. Saul is, is he's out of his mind, right? He's like, God is not even with you. He thinks God delivered him into his hands. There was always somebody leaking information to Saul. It's always some, some scallywag, you know, somebody, somebody laying around just telling the business. And so Saul would get this information. He thinks God delivered David into his hands. And he says, for he has shut him himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Uh, then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. So I guess David going into Keilah put him into an area where he was behind gates and bars. He was cornered. And Saul said, oh, David, you know, he messed up. And uh, I'm going to go down there and get him. And um, but we'll see that, you know, uh, again, God is with them. So Saul assembles his men to go down and get David. Um, but I want to just note again, Saul does not have a relationship with the Lord. The Lord is not with Saul. And Saul is expending a lot of energy and a lot of effort with no success. I want anybody here that's that that's your testimony. If you're expending lots of energy and lots of effort with no fruits, somewhere you might want to step back and say, is what I'm doing what God wants? Is God with me? Am I with God? That sounds like a miserable way to do life. Amen. To be expending energy and effort and time because everything that Saul wants to do, God doesn't want done. What Saul wants to do more than anything else is kill David. Now, here's what's wrong with that. God has told Saul, David's my next king. Can you beat God? Right. If you fight against God, can you win? No, there, there used to be a, a stage play called your, your arms are too short to box with God. You know, um, you can't fight God and win. If God is saying I'm protecting this person, you can't get them. You're not going to win. And that's why, you know, we want to always find ourselves. God, I want to get on your page. Cause that's where the victories are at. I want to, I want to find myself wanting what you want so I can get some answer prayer so I can have grace on my life. So I can, I can see success and victory when I'm moving in God's direction, doing what God wants me to be doing. So, um, verse nine, it says, when David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, 
he said to Abiathar the priest, bring the ephod here. So again, David is going to seek the Lord. Uh, then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said he will come down. So a couple of things here we learn as we look at David's prayer. Number one, would you guys agree that was a very specific prayer? David asks, hey, Lord, um, you know, Saul is coming down here. Surely, you know, he's coming to try to destroy my life. Are the men of Keilah going to give me over? I just I just won a battle for them. Right. I, he just went to Keilah and won a bit. He beat the Philistines for them. And so David is saying, I'm not going to ask them. Y'all got my back. I'm going to ask the Lord to tell me if they got my back. Y'all see the wisdom in this? I hope you do. If, man, this is, this is so, important, so important. If you only take what you get from people, right? It's, one, I got a limited vantage point, right? Anybody here been lied to successfully? Been tricked? Had your head bumped? So, it's, you know you can ask people and be misled and be misdirected. But if you ask God... God, God, is that's my dad. That's who I'm connected with. God knows if this person is about something or about nothing. God, you tell me. You show me. I, I, am I supposed to do this with this person? Am I supposed to be in business with them? Should I have do this endeavor with this person? Should I get involved with these people over here? Seems nice, but I don't know. Um, and the Lord of your life can give you clear direction on that. Yay or nay. David says, are, are the people of Keilah, are they going to deliver me into Saul's hands when he comes down? And he asked, was, was Saul actually coming? And the Lord said, he will come. Then David said, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? Verse 12. And the Lord said, they will deliver you. So God gives them, God said, look, the, the Saul is coming and the people of Keilah, they're not going to be faithful. That's kind of messed up, right? Now, if I was David and I'd, I'd be like, man, I'm going to call the Philistines back. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to let them come back and punk y'all for your, your threshing floors again. But David doesn't do that. Right. He did his good deed because God said him. He told him to go. And um, the Lord kept his word, and delivered him into his hands. And they did get some spoil and they got some victory there. Um, but God lets them know that they're not going to protect you. They're not going to keep you safe. And they will deliver you to Saul when he comes. And um Again, I think this is so important that we pray very specific prayers, um, that we wait on the Lord, that we hear back from the Lord. So let me explain the, the, the way the ephod would work. The Urim and the Thummim, there was, it was, um, some people call it lights and perfections, but it was what the, the priest would use to get a, a definitive answer back. And so David was answered back definitively from the Lord. Now, some people wonder as New Testament Christians, do we have an Urim and Thummim? Do we have, how do we get an answer from the Lord? If that's a question that you have, I want you to write down John chapter 16, verse 13. John chapter 16, verse 13. I'm going to read it to you. I want you to write it down. In John 16, verse 13, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So this is Jesus speaking to the disciples as he's preparing to depart from them 
about the helper, the Holy Spirit that he's going to give to the church. Right. What's significant about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not an essence. It's not a thing. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. Amen. Um, and so God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. God says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, every Christian, every believer, God, the Holy Spirit lives in you. One of his jobs is to guide you into all truth. Now, here's the thing. Right. Because some people are like, why come I don't get I don't hear from him very clearly. I'm going to help you out tonight. We read the verse. Right. This is a, this is a fact that the Holy Spirit lives in every believer. And his job is to guide us into all truth. The question is, do you yield to the spirit in your life? Is that your relationship with the Lord? Do you listen? Do you yield? Do you obey? Because he's there doing his job, convicting, leading, guiding, directing into all truth, revealing what needs to be revealed. It's us. Right. If you feel like I, I, I'm not hearing clearly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed. Slow down. Slow down. Maybe you need to go back, reevaluate your relationship with the Lord. Do I listen quickly when the Lord speaks to me? When the spirit is convicting me that I shouldn't do, do I do I stop doing when God is saying to do something, do I step out in faith and do it even though my flesh is crying against it? Uh, when the spirit brings something to my attention, do I, how do you respond to the person and work of the Holy Spirit? Because it's a relationship. And like anybody else, your relationship is like a relationship with the Lord. You're either an obedient child of God or a disobedient child of God, or, or maybe you're a little bit of both. You know what I mean? But you know what you are. So are you obedient? to the Lord when he speaks. I believe that as we yield to the Lord and obey the Lord, that we'll hear with clarity. We'll hear regular with regularity, with clarity as we're faithful to obey and listen. So we don't have an urim in the thummim. We don't go to a priest or a person. We go directly to God, wherever you are, in your car, in your bedroom, in the bathroom, wherever you may be, you can just lift up a prayer to the Lord and seek him for guidance and direction. Now, here's the thing with the work of the Holy Spirit. God can speak to you by still small voice of the spirit that lives inside you. Right. God can speak to you through the word as you're reading. God can speak to you through a message. God can speak to you through life circumstance. God can speak to you prophetically through people. There really is no um, you really don't want to put any kind of handcuffs or, 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 or limit and say this is how God speaks, because God I've seen God speak in so many ways. Um, you know, just through, through, again, circumstances, through things, through people, through people on accident, you know, um, didn't even know what they're saying and they're speaking uh, answer to you from the Lord. And so the, the thing that you want to be tuned into is, man, do I listen to the Lord when he speaks? Because I have if, if I'm born again, I have the Holy Spirit. What's my relationship with him like? Do I do I listen regularly? Do I obey? Do I yield quickly? Um, am I submitted to the spirit? Because you can. Yield to the spirit. You can be filled with the spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the spirit? It means to. It means that you're walking consistently in a yielded way uh, in the New Testament in Ephesians, where Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We tell this gives that command. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. The word is a nautical. It's a boating term. Right. So the the wind that fills the sail of a sailboat, it gives it both power and direction. And so all the sails got to do is be positioned properly and the wind will give it power to go and it will give it direction to go in. That's kind of how we're to be dealing with the Holy Spirit. Lord, you're you're the power and the guidance. I need to just be yielded to you.
It's when you resist him because you can also resist the spirit. You can quench the spirit. You can grieve the spirit. So it comes down to how you're responding to the spirit of God when he speaks, uh, when he moves upon your life. And so but as David was able to seek the Lord with clarity through the ermine, I just want to be clear that for us, we're to seek the Lord through um, by, you know, we seek him through prayer and by his spirit, through his word, through whatever means God desires, God can speak back to us. And we, we should ask God exactly what we need to hear from. We can be very specific in our prayers. If you're writing notes, I want you to also write down Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. My good buddy Andrews, one of his favorite verses. And for good reason, uh, when, you, when you need guidance and direction from the Lord, this is a this should just be a go to uh, place in the word of God. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So what does it mean to acknowledge God? This is what it means. Real, real simply, if you saw me and I saw you. And I saw you see me and we saw each other and you just looked the other way and kept going. I would be like, you saw me. You didn't even acknowledge me. Right. I could say that. If I woke up in the morning, me and my wife walked down the hall and I saw her and I was like, ooh, and she saw me and she just kept going. I could say, hey, we, you, you didn't acknowledge me. Right. You saw me, but you didn't acknowledge me. I want you to think about this in your walk with the Lord. That so often you guys are walking through life where I'm walking through life as well. And circumstances come up and decisions are come up to be made. And God is there. And we know this by faith, but we don't acknowledge him. We just we start making decisions, making phone calls. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to ask 10 people. And God's like, wow, well, that's what you're going to do. I'm right here. I know everything. I can do anything. I'm all powerful. I gave you life and you're going to call her. That's who you're going to call and ask. I can't believe this. So you can actually I mean he's right there, but you're not acknowledging him. How do you acknowledge him? Prayer. God, I'm bringing you in on this situation. I'm asking you. I'm looking to you. I know you were present anyway. I know you knew these things, but God requires that we look to him. And there's a promise on that verse, right? If, if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, don't lean to our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him. He promises he will direct your path. So there's no excuse for us to not have direction when God promises, if you would just acknowledge me, I will make sure you have all the direction you need. Amen. Amen. All right. Look at verse 12 now. It says, then David said, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. Um, verse 13 now. So David and his men, about 600. So this is how we know they grew. Because just last chapter, it was 400 of all the, you know, defected men that he had. But now there's 600. And again, I, I just wonder where the other 200 come from. I wonder how many joined him after the victory in Keilah. I don't know. Um, it, it, I wonder. But it says that uh, about 600 and they arose and departed from Keilah. They went to wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul, David had, has escaped from Keilah. So he, he halted the expedition. So God's protection and provision for David was that he heard Saul was coming. He had time to get out and all him and his men, it says they just took off and went wherever they could go. So this isn't an organized fleeing uh, they flee to wherever they could go. So they're they're out in the wilderness in different places, but they got out of there and Saul didn't get to them. Something I would note over and over again is though Saul keeps trying, the Lord just keeps standing in the way of Saul, not letting it happen, not letting it go through. Um, there's some things that I've seen people do in, in this life where I'm like, man, God will never be a part of that. 
Uh, have you ever seen someone that, that hated another person, wanted to do wrong to someone else, wanted to wanted revenge or wanted to do evil? Those are things as a believer you can know God will never be in that, right? God will never be in whatever energy you put toward hurting another person. God's never going to be into that. When someone's hurt you really bad, done you really wrong, and, you know, what are you supposed to do about it? Forgive, turn the other side. I'm listening. I'm listening. Somebody dogged you out, did you wrong, they did you dirty. What are you supposed to do? Can, can I confront them? Can I get them back? Can I punch them one time? Throw punch. No. So the Bible says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says who? So God said, leave it alone. Right? If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Right? Don't spend any energy getting people back. You know why? Because God didn't spend energy getting you back. He spent all his energy getting you off. Getting you off the hook. Right? All the energy God could have spent getting me back, he said, I'm going to put all that effort into getting you off. I'm off the hook, y'all. Sins are forgiven. Washed in the blood. Don't deserve heaven, but I'm going. Don't deserve to have the relationship with the Lord that I have, but I have it because of grace. And so God says, now when someone does you wrong, Bill, ah, don't do it. Don't do it. That's not, I'm not in that. I won't bless it. I'm not a part of it. You're not, you're not operating in my nature. Let it go. And sometimes the most freeing thing you can do is, is really let things go. Just leave it with the Lord. Um, you, you, if, if, if you desire the spirit to flow in your life, you got to walk like that. There are going to be times you, I, I, I got to just take that L. I got to let it go. Uh, I used to be convinced earlier on. I'm like, no, you can't. I, I want to be Christian, but I'm like, you can't let, you know, you can't let everything. Some things, man, people walk all over you. There's times where you got to just violate that. And I've done that. I've done my thing at times. And God was never in it. I never, I never afterward was affirmed that the Lord is blessing. It was always I was convicted. I have taken some L's and just seen grace. Seeing God bless me in other ways, take care of me somewhere else. Um, I know that's what God would have us to do. And I've seen people, bitter people, and I see what it does to them. When someone's bitter and hateful and vengeful, it just kills, destroys them. They don't even resemble the Lord. They can't even speak without it coming out. If anybody here, that's a word for you. Let it go. Let them off the hook. Forgive them. Free them. Do it because Christ did it for you. And um, if, if God was to tally up all your list of sins from birth to present, I don't care what they've done. Ain't nobody done that much. Yeah, you, you, your list is longer. And since your, your list has been washed out, uh, God says it's not an option. You got to let people off the hook like I let you off the hook. We're going to let them off the hook, y'all. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, it says now verse 14. So. We move into the the, 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 the the final section here. It says, and David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him. How often, y'all? Every day. I just want you to, I want, I just want to, I want that to sink in. Every, I mean, imagine going to bed, getting up every day. And what you got on your mind is something that God's not going to bless. And you go to bed the next day and you wake up and what you got on your mind is something God's not going to bless. And you go to bed and wake up the next day and you're putting your energy and effort towards something that God is not going to bless. Please don't live like that. Please don't live. What a, what a, what a, what a failed life this is. Um, every day going to bed, getting up to do something that God says, I don't want that done. I'm not going to let that happen. Every day it says Saul sought him every single day. 
What are the next two words? Circle that in your Bible. But God. But God, right? The only reason David is not going to fall victim to Saul is because God. Because God is with David. That's why I titled the message of God before you. You've been listening to A Transforming Word. As Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 1 Samuel, this book covers some interesting history in the Jewish nation of Israel. The book starts with a prophet declaring the first king of Israel, and the book ends with the death of this same king. Why did Israel desire to have a king so badly? Was it a case of everyone else has one, so we should too? It seemed to have been a situation where the people wanted a person to rule and reign over them, rather than just trusting God to do the kingly duties. As we all know, humans have a tendency to fail and falter, and the first king of Israel was no stranger to this. King Saul started off well, but he didn't end well. Power, prestige, disobedience, and insecurity were all part of his downfall. May these messages in the book of 1 Samuel be a good reminder and a lesson that no matter what man attempts to do, without God, things will surely crumble. If you'd like to hear this message again, or listen to more messages from 1 Samuel, go to calvaryinglewood.org. If you have some questions that you'd like answered, or need someone to talk to, we're happy to speak with you and try to answer those questions. Just call or text 310-245-4811. Once more, that number is 310-245-4811. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Thank you for spending time with us today in the book of 1 Samuel, here on A Transforming Word.